Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are back on our guest grind today. I've got an interesting one for you guys. I've got Garrett Blake. He's the owner of American Contractor Network, the founder of American Contractor Homes, and he's the host of American Contractor Live. He's an expert in helping contractors grow without the grind. He's helped over 20 companies grow to seven and eight figures in revenue. Garrett, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, my man, Doug. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. So let's get right into it. What is your process and what are you doing to plan for 2024? That's a a really good question. It's already done. So I'll tell you that, right? Um, And I say that because if you're not ahead, you're behind. And and too many contractors are are playing what we call the reactive game, right? It's like you show up for dodgeball and you're just waiting to get hit versus like, okay, what's my strategy behind not getting hit, right? So yeah, we, we finished up our, our planning for, uh, for the next year last week and obviously included all of our, our staff, all of our, our folks, uh, a lot of strategic partners as well. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, we're already rolling into 24. We've got our ads, uh, set up. We've got our training program set up. We've got our events set up. So really now it's just, what do we got to do to, to execute on this? No, that's, that's fantastic. Do you, do you base your, your planning? Are you a quarterly guy? Are you all right? I can see 90 days ahead and that's it. You, you, do you target the whole year and, and reverse engineer uh, into 52 weeks? What's, what's, I guess the granular process in that. That's a, that's a really, really good question. I'll, I'll lead with this, right? Whether you're going to the gym or you're learning jujitsu or you're playing pickleball or whatever, the game is about reps right? The more Mm -hmm. reps you get, the better you get, right? And they say 10,000 hours is is mastery. Well, here's the crazy thing about reps, right? Reps are the same thing in your business. Now, what we call reps in business is reverse engineered production, right? In other words, you don't start at the starting line. You begin with the end in mind. In other words, where is it that we want to end up and then plan from there? You know, you got to think about GPS. You and I are, are old enough to know that uh, GPS hasn't been around all our lives. We remember yeah. the old, uh, you know, Rand McNally maps. You would buy it at the at the supermarket, right? And we lived in Phoenix when I was younger, and and our parents would take us to California all the time. And I remember, like, the highlight of the trip was me and my brother sitting in the back seat with this big old map in our laps, with a highlighter and a pen, you know, figuring out where we were at and how we we're going to get there, right? Because from Phoenix to LA is a pretty straight shot. But once you get to LA, I mean, you've been in LA, there's like 372 different freeways. Some of them are open. Some of them are closed, like right, left, you know, in, out. Uh, But the only way that we were able to get to where we wanted to go was figuring out where that location was and then working it backwards. Right. So it's the same thing when it comes to your contracting business is you have to begin with the end in mind. Now, when it comes to strategic planning, there's two different aspects of this, right? There's a long-term and then there's a short-term. Long-term, I consider anything longer than a year out in advance, right? Meaning that it's on the horizon, but it could change depending on the economy, depending on the market, depending on the opportunities that present themselves. But anything a year or less is short-term planning, meaning that 
it's going to happen and you got to figure out how it's going to happen now. Right. So when it comes to planning, we're always looking beyond the year. Right. And so we always set a three-year target knowing that every year when we revisit it, there's going to be some changes to it. Right. But we're always thinking beyond that year. Right. That's the first place that we go. The next thing is end of the year. Right. So we're now at the end of 23, we're thinking end of 24, where do we want to be? There's a couple of, of questions that you got to ask inside of that, right? The first one, and it's the one everybody loves to talk about is revenue. Where do we want to be revenue wise, right? Now, caution, revenue is a good target, but understand inside of revenue, there's really one thing that we're after and that's cash, right? Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king. I don't care how much I make. I care more about how much I keep, right? End of the day. So remember when you're setting a revenue target that inside of that, you have to make sure that you're profitable. At the end of the year, you don't want to be a million dollar company uh, and you lost $30,000. That's a, that's a pretty crappy place to be in, right? So revenue is a great target, but I also highly recommend that you focus on what other pieces are going to help you get to that target, right? So let's just say, and again, we're, we're vanilla this, uh, revenue of seven figures, million dollars. Okay, do I currently have the team that's capable of executing a million dollars? And the answer, if the answer is no, guess what? You don't wait till the end of the year to figure out who you need on your team. You start figuring it out now. And I know you you do a lot of this, you know, when you're when you're creating sales teams, right? The, mm -hmm. the purpose behind it is you're building to that point, right? You're not waiting till you get there to do the thing that you need to do, right? And the third piece. And this is the one that most contractors struggle with is time, T-I-M-E. See, you can, you can buy everything else in life. You can buy cars, you can buy boats, you can buy trips and vacations, you can buy everything else. You cannot buy time. And I, and I saw the picture of, of you and your son you know, this morning, and, and it really hit me because all my kids, dude, they're older now. Like My youngest yeah. is a high school senior, right? And like you cannot buy back time. And so I look back and, you know, kick myself in the balls for all the, the dumb decisions that I made putting work first back in the day. Right. But now my schedule set up to where I'm completely flexible, right? Because I want to put my family first. Now inside of that, again, it's the game plan, right? So when we say time, it's like, Hey, you currently work 50 hours a week by the end of the year. How do you make that 40? Right. Right. Or by the end of the year, you're working five days a week. How do you make it four? Mm hmm or three, right? And imagine the flexibility that that gives you. So I know we kind of went down a little rabbit hole, but, but when we talk about planning annually, those are the things that we look at, right? Then we break it down quarterly. So Q1, what do I want to have happen, right? So say revenue, I want it to be at, at uh, a million dollars. Well, guess what? That's 250 a quarter. Okay, cool. What do I need to do to hit 250 Q1? And I look at my jobs and I look at my average revenue per job and I look at my marketing and I look at my sales and I look at all these different numbers now and break it up and figure it out what I have to do. Right. But we don't stop there. We keep going. Right. The next thing we look at is a month. What do I need to do this month that will lead me to that revenue target? Same questions. Then break it down even more. What do I need to do this week? Right. What's the thing, the domino that has to fall. That's going to take me where I want to go. And then finally today. Today is the day I only get one of these things. What do I need to do today? Knowing that what I do today is going to affect what I do this week, what I do this month, what I do this quarter, and ultimately what I do this year. Man, there's so much power in that, especially in the piece about reverse engineering that goal. 
And and most people do it in terms of revenue. And they look at their current team and like, okay, how are we going to do this revenue? Instead of like you said, looking at their team and saying, okay, what other players do I need on this team in order to reach this revenue? I mean, if you could, if you could put less of the liability of that revenue goal on each member of your team and spread that out in as long as you have good systems in place, you're going to be so much more likely to hit that revenue goal. I would much rather have, you know, 10 salespeople that could do a hundred thousand a year than trying to get five salespeople to do 200,000 a year. You know, it exists. Don't get me wrong. Some people have amazing, very deep, uh, well-cultured, well-trained, just assassins on their sales team, you know, and they, they only breed that, you know, which I understand that your life is easier. Like everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's moving in the right direction. But at the same time, I can hit my goals a lot easier with maybe 10 people that aren't, you know, as, as much of high performance or whatever the case is. I love the concept about reverse engineering your goal. Again, not just on revenue, uh, not just on how many clients I need or these production type things, but the team required in order to get there. I think that's huge. So I saw your Facebook post recently that you pulled a stat that 80% of contractors go out of business in their first year. I'm just going to let that sit real quick for my contractors listening, you know, especially the ones that are in their first year. They're like, Oh crap. 80% of contractors go out of business their first year. Why do you believe that is? Man, it's, it's such a, it's such a difficult topic, right? Cause nobody wants to talk about failure, right? Everybody just wants to talk about success, you know, and you look at social media and everybody's like, you know, yelling and screaming and, you know, driving Lambos and flying jets and, you know, mm -hmm. success, success, success. And we all want success. But the problem is, is that we don't set ourselves up for success. Right. And so owning a contracting business sounds really cool. Right. But the work involved is so much, so much more than that. Right. And so why so many fail is because think about this. Most contractors don't actually grow up wanting to be business owners. They, they stumbled yeah. into the trades or their parents got them in the trades or they sucked at schoolwork. And so that was their option, right? Whatever it is. And then they got really good at the thing, whether it's roofing or landscaping or siding or painting or electrical work, they got really good at the thing. And so they're like, Hey, you know what? I think I can do this. I'm getting paid 20 bucks an hour. I'm getting paid 25 bucks an hour. I think I can do this on my own. And so they go out on their own. They may or may not get an LLC, which is a different question. They slap a <laughs> magnet on the side of their truck. They say open for business yep. and the business doesn't come in. And then they go to Facebook and they're like, Hey, my name is John. I own a roofing company. If you need roofing, use me. Right. And, and because they don't understand how to run a business, there's a higher likelihood that they're going to fail, right? Yeah. Now, again, it's not that they fail because of lack of desire. It's not that they fail because of lack of skill set. It's the lack of understanding that a business owner is different from an employee, right? Mm -hmm. And until they learn to run their business like an owner versus an employee, one, they're always going to be exchanging time for money like an employee, but two, such a higher likelihood that they're going to fail. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I was working with uh, a, a new roofing client the other day and we, you know, he knew it was something he needed to do his, his mission statement, um, you know, and or purpose statement and then his values, you know, he knew it was something he needed to do. He just hadn't done it yet. And he had a hard time articulating it, you know, 
And so I, I just told him, tell me about your business, you know? And after he told me uh, a little bit about his business, there was two things that came up, right? There was the golden rule that was really important to him. And then also leaving people better than you found. And so uh, I just started sharing my screen. We popped up chat GPT. We did a scan of his website and had chat GPT write a mission statement for him based on his website and based on the information I had just given it about uh, what he wanted his mission, his core values to be about, you know, and he wanted the acronym Phoenix and chat GPT was able to put together a mission statement that dude, I swear it almost brought a tear to his eye at the end. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I can write some copy, but in the moment like that, and just being able to go in there and get all those ideas from from that AI was huge for him, but he hadn't been able to bridge that gap. It didn't mean that he didn't have it in him and he wasn't capable. It's that he was having a hard time articulating it. And a lot of times in that articulation is where you go from employee to business owner because communication is everything yep. in, 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 in my mind. And when you outline the communication of your company with your mission and your values, um, I think that's where a lot of contractors need to start. So they use it as kind of a filter for the rest of the business. You know, they have a hard time doing that because you're right. They grow up as tradesmen, tough, you know what I mean? Um, capable, you know, protectors, providers, you know, and it is a very simple, simple thing that they get to do early on in their lives. They get to protect, they get to provide, you know what I mean? Um, they get to be a father sometimes. And, and, and when you think about it, uh, that's that's at the core of who we are. But once you have that, it's scratched. And once you're doing that, and there's something else that you want, and that's, like you said, when, when they come across the, the thought of, oh, I could do this myself. I could do more for my family. I can create a future versus just a living, right? Mm, yeah. um, bridging that gap is 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 everything. And that's why you and I even exist, right? We get to help them bridge that gap. So what is something on a granular level that you think that, that contractors are getting wrong right now? You know, whether it be marketing, sales, operations, what's something that, that you're seeing a lot, your clients are coming to you, and they're explaining these problems that they have, and you keep pointing to this one thing. Maybe they're avoiding it, you know, but you keep having to point back to this one thing. What is that? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question, man. You, you, you got some good ones rolling today. It, it seems like every contractor, you know, they'll, they'll surface level like, oh, I have a marketing problem, or I have a lead problem, or I have a, a team problem, or an organization problem. But really, at the end of the day, what they have a problem with is clarity. Like, what do you really want? You know, going back to why you started your business, you, you started your business because you, you're like, I can, I can do this better and I can make more money, right? That's why you started your business. But eventually you'll get to a point, sometimes it's within the first six months, first year, first two years, you get to a point where it's literally you hitting your head against a brick wall. You're like, why in the hell am I doing this, right? And so often, and you see this as well, you come across contractors that, Again, they're really good at what they do. They know how to make money, but they're just stuck, right? And so they tell you, yeah, I just can't seem to hire the right person. Or man, I can't just, my close rate's at 17%. I just can't get it above it. Mm. Man, I just, for some reason, I just can't find more clients to work with, right? That it all boils down to the same thing and it's clarity, right? It's what do you actually want? And we talked about this when it comes to planning, which is a huge portion of clarity, 
making sure that you're you're planning properly, right? The military, you know, they use the term uh, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And there's a reason that they say that, right? Because yeah. planning gives you the clarity that you need to execute. It's the same thing though in every other aspect of your contracting business, right? Sure, you understand revenue, but like, what does that actually mean? When we break it down, we're like, who do you want to work with? Like you can make money doing any of a number of things, right? Whether you, whether you're a service uh, doing service work, whether you're working on, on, you know, with remodelers and, and people like that, whether you're working with developers, uh, commercial, residential, industrial, like there's so many different aspects of running a business. There's no wrong way to do it, but you have to figure out your way. You know, last, last, uh, last night I was talking to a, uh, a trim guy in, in Arizona and we were talking about that and he's like, man, it just seems like, you know, one month I'm making 50,000. The next month I'm making 10 one month. I'm hiring two crews. The next month I'm laying them off and this roller coaster. Right. And I was like, well, who do you want to work with? And he literally sat there in silence for about 30 seconds before he said, I don't know. Right. Again, it's really hard to get what you want. If you don't know what it is that you want. Uh, you remember Alice in Wonderland back in the day with, we're throwing it back the cartoon. I love the cartoon because Alice goes down the rabbit hole, right? And she's walking, wandering around. She's lost. She's on this path. She comes to this tree and there's these two paths right in front of her. And she's like trying to figure out which path to take. Well, if you remember, there's a Cheshire cat that appears in the tree. Now why a Cheshire cat is smoking in a kid's cartoon. I have no idea, but Hey, it is what it is. So there's a Cheshire cat, right? And they're having this little, very simple conversation. And she tells the Cheshire cat, I'm lost, right? Can you help me? And the Cheshire cat's like, sure. Well, where do you want to go? And she pauses for a second. She's like, I don't know. And then he's like, well, then it doesn't matter which path you take. Right. Super powerful, you know, scene that most, most of us don't realize, but it's the same thing in life, right? The same thing in your contracting business. If you don't know what you want, then there's no wrong answer, right? It's all available, but all available becomes overwhelming. I need to hire more salespeople. Cool. What does that look like? Right? Is it one? Is it five? What are their skill set? What's their experience? What are they really good at? What percentage of you are they? Right? Are they 70% as good as you? Are they 50% as good as you? Like there's so many determining factors, but until you get clear on what you want, everything looks good. And that's why most of them struggle because they get just get overwhelmed with the possibilities, right? There's too many possibilities. I think that's massive because, you know, I think you and I have a responsibility and, and everybody else that is in this consulting coaching influencer space has a responsibility. And, and I would say 85% of people don't take it seriously. And that responsibility is, is to truly coach them or consult them to what they want versus what you think they should do. Cause the answer so many times when they ask the question, what should I do? is this pre-built template for what you have most of your clients do, you know? And the reason that I feel like the reason that I struggle with just having one offer is because of that, you know, because when they ask me that I do, I go deep in discovery on what they want to do with their business and how they want to do it. And then, and then we're putting something together custom for them, you know? And, um, what I'm realizing is that that clarity in that answer is so huge and you do, you have to spend some time on it. You can't just spit out and, and there's, 
and this is a problem I have with social media in general or just marketing in general. You know, so many of the answers are one size fits all. And when you know someone genuinely wants the best for the other person or the client or the prospect or whatever the case is, is when they're saying things like, you know, there's a lot of variables. It depends on where your business is at and where you're at. You know, it depends on the lifestyle that you want to live. You know, when they start caveating their answers with these things and then they frame the answer properly, which is if you want a $20 million business, you know, if you want to grow and expand at a rapid pace, X, Y, and Z, you know, if you want to create a lifestyle of freedom, you know, that doesn't require you jumping on your cell phone every five minutes to put out a fire, X, Y, and Z, you know? And, and do I, do I think you can have all the things 100%, but there's one thing that is undefeated and it's going to take time. It's going to take time if you do it the right way. And you and I have seen so many companies, so many people, so many rockets take off, you know, and then immediately crash and, 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 and crash after two or three years because what they were building wasn't sustainable because they were focused on that that templated answer by the coach, the consultant, the influencer, whatever the case is. And all they were focusing on was doing X, Y, and Z. And it had nothing to do with what they wanted. And eventually what happens is they, they're no longer in integrity. They're no longer being genuine and authentic. So they get depressed, they get unhappy. And then what, what do we do? And this is me too. You know, this is who I used to be in my 20s. We create chaos. Mm-hmm. We create chaos. So now we don't have to face that anymore. We just got to go solve the problem, which us as men in general are incredibly good at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's create some chaos. Let's go solve this big ass problem. Let's put our backs against the wall so we don't have to face the fact that we built our business in such a way that wasn't genuine to us, you know? And so, you know, I think this is already an incredible conversation for sure. But I, I do wanna wanna point out, and I don't think this is always the answer long term, right? Because if a if if somebody in our space is truly good at what we do, eventually that's all we're gonna do, right? But I do appreciate someone that's doing both. You have your own contracting business and you're coaching on it. So tell me about American Contractor Homes. What do you guys do? And then what I'm really curious about, because I have a, a client that is in the, the home building space and home remodeling space, um, what does the sales process look like and, and why do you think it's successful? Yeah, uh, good, good question, right? And so when we set up the business, and we just set it up this year, by the way, uh, but we set it up with a very specific purpose. And I wanted to show contractors how they could run their business without necessarily having to be involved in every aspect of their business. Not three, five, seven, ten years down the road, but literally right away. And so we did a ton of uh, you know, look back on on our successful clients and and structure and organization, all these things. And what we finally came up with was this really um unique way to start a business, right? Where the way I have everything set up is I have two I call them subgroups, right? But really what they are, they're licensed general contractors. But for me, they're my subs, right? And so 
we have our lead generation process dialed in. So the leads come in. I don't answer the phone. My assistant answers the phone. She asks pre-qualifying questions, right? And once we get through the questions, if they're qualified, now we put them on the calendar. Now, both of these, these GCs have uh, slightly different skill sets. So depending on the type of job, we'll set up the bid. They'll go out, they'll bid it, and then we'll follow up. And then, you know, uh, our close rate right now is about 50%. Of, of the jobs, right? Now, again, super high level, but the only involvement that I have inside of that business is Monday morning, we have a production meeting, right? Tuesday morning, we have a marketing meeting. And then Friday, I look at the numbers. That's it, wow. right? If there's a deal, uh, an issue with any of the subs, then I expect, and they know, but I fully expect my my subs, my GCs, to handle it. Now, obviously, if it's something illegal and ethical or immoral or the house is burning down or something like that, I'm going to get involved. But I purposely position myself outside of the business so that it could grow without me. And we've got this unique, uh, I can't really say because we signed an NDA, uh, but we got this unique opportunity coming up in front of us where because I set up my business this way, then we can just put the gas pedal down and go with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just about, again, as we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, where is it that you want to take this, your business, whatever the business is. And for us, and when it comes to American contractor homes, we want to take it to a $10 million a year business. Okay, cool. So what's going to keep us from doing that? Right. And you identify all the things that are going to keep you from doing that. And then as quickly as possible for us, of course, we did it from the beginning because I don't necessarily need it to cash flow. Uh, to me right away, but how do you set up your business in a way that allows you to get there quicker, more efficiently and with less headaches? I love it. And I love that, you know, I, I assume this was your like original contracting business or it had evolved from your original contracting business, but this is basically just to show your clients what's possible if you build it with the end in mind, or if you build it with your, your, you know, we, some people like to call it your perfect day or your, um, you know, the way that you want to architect your day, essentially, in mind. Um, that's really cool. I'm, I'm very curious to see, to see the results of that and, and the results that you've already had. That's fantastic. So in your mind, um, what makes selling contractor services different than, than most other products? You know, this is, uh, this is definitely a space for a lot of growth with a lot of contractors where they're able to sell because they're passionate about their business and they're experts, they're deep experts in your business. So I think when it comes to sales in general, you're either, uh, you have a deep product knowledge or you have a deep sales ability, you know, um, or really, really good training, you know, that there's, there's a few variables to it, but when you have that deep product knowledge, it kind of just comes out naturally, right? And so then when the, the contractor goes to hire a salesperson, they're so confused at why they can't do what they do. <laughs> it's like, well, you've been doing what you do for seven, eight, 10 years, you know, and now they've got to learn the product and you're not, you're, you don't have any sales training. So you're not teaching them any sales training, you know what I'm saying? And maybe even any structure in your sales process. And so you just expect them to shadow you and all of a sudden be you. <laughs> so you know, and, and so I've kind of like my version of the answer is what makes it different, right? What's, what's your version? That's, 
that's a, that's a fun one because I actually go a level deeper than that. And I say, there is no difference, whether you're selling flowers at a flower shop or you're selling mortgages or you're selling roof tiles, right? There is no difference. The, the difference, and as you just mentioned it is the product knowledge, right? But that's very difficult to duplicate. And so I think if contractors understand what sales and marketing are at their foundational level, that's okay. what will allow you to hire, train, retain, we you know better, better and, and higher producing people. And again, I'm, I'm not a sales expert, so we'll put the little asterisk up that that's, that's your, yeah. your ball, ballpark. Uh, but I've, I've discovered that marketing is nothing more than getting people's attention right now. How do we get people's attention? Well, there's a few different ways, but ultimately it's identifying and and in the contracting space, especially it's identifying some problem that the prospect is experiencing, right? That's it. What's your problem, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can identify the problem, now you can dive in and figure out the pain that that problem is causing. And based off of the pain that it's causing, you can craft a solution to alleviate the pain, right? Why do you, why do you go to the doctor when you, when you broke your bone? Well, you're in extreme pain and you need a solution and you need it right away. And so you're going to go and figure it out as quickly as possible. Do you ever ask the doctor, Hey doc, how much is it going to cost to fix my broken arm? No, nobody ever, ever asks how much it's going to cost. Why? Because doctors in society, however you want to paint it, have created this, this, uh, belief inside of our minds that like, if I have this, then the doctor will solve it. Right. Yeah. Why can't it be any or the same in, inside of, of a contracting business? You know, mm -hmm. you're selling roofs. Well, congratulations. You and 300 million other contractors are selling roofs, right? <laughs> so, so you think that just knocking on a door and they're going to, Oh, they, they're going to use you. No. Yeah. Why? Why? Right. What's the problem that they're experiencing and what's the pain that it's causing? You know, if you can identify like, you know, storm came through and hail or wind or water or whatever, that's not the problem, right? The problem is the fact that they have a family that lives in that house and this is their forever home or this is yeah. their only home or this is whatever. And they want their wife and kids to feel safe and secure inside of that home. Well, guess what? If you don't deal with this damage quickly, here's the things that could happen. Black mold, water damage, this, that, the other. And ultimately it's going to cause more problems for you and your family than it would ever solve. Right. Which is a different conversation from, Hey, do you know that we offer financing options on your new roof? Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like, like you were saying, I think one understand that sales is the same. Marketing is the same. Right. But two, if you can do that and pick apart, okay, what are the, what's the pain that our, our, ideal client is experiencing, right? And the associated problem. And then what can we create or offer them that will alleviate that pain? And if you can do that, you've seen the good salespeople way more mm -hmm. than I have. Dude, the ones that can I do that quickly, it doesn't matter what they're selling, right? Ice to an Eskimo, they're going to sell it. Yeah. No, I love it. And it's a, it's a, the first thing that you said, it, it was a quick reframe. It was like, it's not different, right? Treat it exactly the same. And if you treat it the same, you know, it has nothing to do with the product knowledge and everything to do with identifying the pain. 
like you just mm -hmm. talked about. So great answer. <laughs> great answer. I appreciate that. Um, so you've got a lot going on that you're building right now. Um, you've got your um, American contractor. Uh, is it is it coaching, consulting? Yep, it's it's consulting. Yeah, you, yeah the network, the network. Yep. My apologies. And so you've just launched a, a group recently. And so, you know, I, I guess I guess my question is, and what I'm really getting at is why, you know, and I know this is the, the deep question, but you, you had to you had to come along somewhere and see this this void in the contracting space and just, you know, felt it was your purpose to fill it. Right. And so I guess what's the story behind that is what I'm curious about. The story, everybody has a story. Um, I actually, and I think you know this, but uh, most people don't. I didn't grow up in the contracting space. You know, my dad was a school teacher. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. You know, and we grew up, you know, poor, if you want to call it to label. But I, I do remember when we were younger, before you could use the EBT cards at McDonald's and Circle K and everywhere else, like, we would go and we get like powdered milk and oats and flour. And, you know, that was our life. And I didn't know any different because, you know, you're a kid, you don't know anything. Um, but as I grew older, I realized, hey, there's a there's a reason that dad's not home because dad's working three jobs. You know, yeah. he was a school teacher. Then he was teaching other school teachers. Then he was in the Army Reserve. Like the guy was always gone. And, and I don't say that in a negative way because he saw that as, as you know, his duty to provide for his family, which I think every man has that duty to provide for their family. Mm -hmm. The, the thing that hit me though, is I, I never wanted to be that way because I was, I was sacrificing one for the other. Right. Yeah. And, and what a horrible position to be in. Cause my dad, anytime he was in town, he was at my sporting events, anyone, mm -hmm. right. Whether I was doing basketball, whether I was doing football or track or whatever, he was always there when he was in town. Right. Yeah. But when he wasn't, it's cause he was working. And so that stuck to me. Now I, I didn't understand it at the time. Um, I, I actually, uh, my first career was as a police officer. So I was in the Phoenix area. I was a police officer, uh, for 17 years and, you know, lucky enough, blessed enough to first of all, make it out alive. Second of all, you know, never, never had to shoot anyone. People always ask that question. Yeah. Um, but I also got to work some pretty, intense and unique um assignments you know i worked on the swat team for many years i worked undercover um and then i i ran an organized crime squad which basically meant we were picking off drug loads coming across the border really really cool but really really stressful you know high stakes people's lives on the lines that kind of stuff and as much as i enjoyed it i found myself about 15 years in, in the exact same position that my dad was, meaning that I was exchanging time for money. I was sacrificing yep. my family for the job, right? Oh, honey, I need to work this extra assignment because we need money for whatever, or I need to do this because of that, right? And ultimately what it was doing, it was, it was pulling me apart. And so, um, mind you, during this time, I'd also had a couple of businesses of my own, I had a window washing business, and then I had a landscaping business, which... I don't, I don't recommend anybody trying to do that. <laughs> it's easy to get into, but man. Dude, let me tell you, I was, I was doing landscaping from 6 a.m. to noon. And then I was going home, the three S's, 
shit shower shave and then yeah. uh, go to work from two to midnight and oh. i would do that five days a week and wow yeah so you can see how much i saw my family i didn't yeah. anyway uh so I, when i when i retired because again i i had a choice to make i was either going to sacrifice myself or mm-hmm. or i was going to put my priorities in order and when i retired i had a couple of, of buddies who were contractors remodelers who were like hey come work with us and I was like, there is no way in hell I'm picking up a hammer. Like, no, manual labor, that that stuff went out the window a long time ago. Uh, and they're like, no, 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 come come teach us like, you know, some of your the cool stuff you did. And what I didn't realize uh, during those 17 years was what I learned about structure, about framework, about accountability, about clarity, uh, about, you know, addressing issues and problems and processing information and you know, all these different things. I didn't, I didn't understand it because it was just part of the job. Right. Yeah. Well, I slowly started to kind of peel away the surface level, you know, uh, surface level of being a police officer and really understanding why, you know, the military, why police officers and, and police department, why they're so successful at this high level. And I was like, well, let me look at how does that apply to your business? And there was a couple minor things that we transitioned over and their businesses took off. And I was like, and this is kind of cool. I really like doing this. And yeah. the best part for me though, and people don't realize this, I could care less how much money you make. Mm-hmm. What I care about is you sending me pictures of you going on vacation with your family, of you telling me how you got to go to daddy daughter dance, right? How you say that, you know, you and your wife go on regular date nights right? Or you've reconnected with God or you're physically healthy again, or, or, or those things are so much more important to me. We have this plumber that we worked with and about seven months in, no, eight months in, he sent me a picture and it was him in the front seat in his work truck, but it was him in his front seat and his daughter in the back seat. And they're both smiling. He takes a picture and he, and he sends this message with the picture that basically says, Hey man, uh, I want to thank you because I never thought that this would be possible. Me being able to take my daughter to school on the first day of school. And that for me was so much more than any amount of money he'll ever make. He's making money. Don't get me wrong, but that so much better, you know, or somebody who's like, Hey, you know what? I've lost 40 pounds in the last year and I feel so much better. Or the guy who's like, Hey, you know what? My purpose inside of business wasn't super clear. And it's because my purpose in life wasn't clear, but I spent this time connecting with, you know, with God and rediscovering, you know, uh, you know, the higher power. And, and now I feel aligned with what I'm doing in everything in life. Like that for me means so much more. And so you ask, why do you, why do you do what you do? How did you get to this point? You know, I, I won't say it was a straight line and I won't say that I really understood it when I started it, but I can tell you now today, I'm a hundred percent clear. Like I want you to get results in your life. And I understand more than anything that your business, if treated the right way, is the access point to everything else in your life. Your business allows you to live the lifestyle that you ultimately want. I want you to get results in your life. You know, we become so focused on the metrics of the business and I'm guilty of this, 100% guilty of this, you know, and then we leave the life by the wayside. You know, like you were talking about when you were a police officer and you were running your your landscaping business. Um, it's so easy to do that because, you know, we do. We build up this idea in our head. We're just providers. 
you know? <clears throat> and, uh, but even if that was just it, we would burn out, but we wouldn't continue to be providers too long, you know, because we're not, we're not uh, living a life that we're in alignment with, that we're in integrity with, you know? And so I think it's incredibly important what you're saying here, which is, which is, I think, a approach that more, um, more of us should take, which is, are they getting the results in their life? Are we giving them freedoms in their business that give them results in their life? Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, it's been a fantastic episode so far, but I've got one more doozy for you. And, uh, it sounds like you, you're kind of headed in this direction anyways. Right. And so my question is, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Hmm. Legacy, legacy is exactly what you just said, right? It's, it's what are people saying when you're not around, whether that's while you're still alive or not, like that's your legacy, right? And well, the one thing that I, that my dad taught me about, um, was, was integrity, right? And that was his legacy. And yes, he's still alive, but that was his legacy. And if you ask anybody, my dad has ever worked with, worked for, done anything with, He's always the guy who did what he said he was going to do, mm -hmm. right? That was, that was his legacy. And so he, he, without realizing it really just taught me that. And so for me, like my legacy is kind of twofold, right? So there's a personal legacy inside of my family. And then there's, you know, the legacy outside of that. So inside of my family, my legacy is to create the opportunity for generational wealth. That's it. Right now I say that because of the access that that would give, you know, my family. And so without getting into too many details, it's looking at real estate. It's looking at, at, uh, you know, these different businesses that, that we're setting up. It's looking at, you know, how do I create the opportunity? And I say opportunity because again, there's no guarantees, but how do I create the opportunity so that my kids and their kids and their kids, if they choose to, can continue running these businesses in perpetuity and they'll be all right. Um, when it comes to business, what's the legacy that I want to leave? I want to leave the industry, not a contractor, not a hundred contractors, not a thousand contractors. I want to leave the industry with a game plan and a toolkit to get the results that they want in life, right? The business is an access point, but ultimately the, the tools and the frameworks that they need to get the results they want in their life, whether that be, you know, I just want a three bedroom, two bath house on a lake, uh, or whether that be, Hey, I want a Lambo and a jet, whatever the thing is. Right. But help you build your legacy. I love that you said both because there's nothing wrong with either one. Right. right. Especially depending on where you are in life. Um, I love the episode we've had today. You know, we've covered the, the general mindset of contractors, what it's going to take in order for them to achieve what their goals are and and we were specific about what their goals are and how important that was that they become clear with that versus what everybody is telling them they need to do you know which is like private equity and hundreds of millions of dollars and and you know that's being preached everywhere these days it's like i'm not exiting in five years you know and um that's taking on what everybody else wants you to do right we also talked about the sales process and and the the reframe that contractors need to have around around um understanding that all sales is the same 
it doesn't matter that your product is complicated or complex or that you need 10 years of history in order to explain it the way you do. Uh, if you approach it from uh, a sales process point of view and, and, and train on that. And then of course, the, the, one of the biggest things I think is uh, leaving them behind with a better life, you know, and then the legacy that you talked about leaving behind, I think it's massive. So Garrett, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, providing us with what I would call well-rounded wisdom, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well-rounded nuggets and, and tactical advice. If, if our listeners want some more of that, where can they go to follow you to find your group or whatever they'd like to do? Yeah, I'll tell you that here at the beginning of the year, one of the things that we're going to deploy is is literally a community that focuses on all these things that we talked about. But it's not live yet, so you can't find it. Uh, I would just say, hey, follow me on, on social media. We have a, a private Facebook group um, that we have, Grow Tools for Contractors. Go ahead and, and join us inside of there. We have conversations related to you know everything that we've been talking about. Um, but more than anything, like, and, and you don't necessarily, and this is where for me, I'm totally cool with it. You don't necessarily need to follow me or anything like that. But if there was something that I said or that Doug said, just take that and apply it. Like if it meant something to you and it hit, it hit you, figure out a way to deploy it. I'm not for everybody. I totally get it. And that's fine. But find somebody that you need to. Like you may just like for some reason, like, hey, you know what? I've been meaning to reconnect with God. Well, cool. I'm not your guy. <laughs> go, go find, you know, a pastor, a preacher, a you yeah. know, bishop, whatever. Um, but take action, right? It's cool to like listen and learn and, and feel good, mm -hmm. but it's all worthless if you don't take action. So find a way to take action off of something that, that struck you today. I love it. Don't be an education junkie. Take action on it and let's get building.